You are now tuning in to the Roughnecks Podcast with your host, Cole Nixon. Much love. Thank you for tuning in to the yet another episode of the Roughnecks Podcast. I am your host, Cole Nixon. I try to bring on and interview successful people in the world of business, entrepreneurship, athletics, and coaching every week to share their stories and the lessons that they have learned. If you haven't already, be sure to head over to Instagram and follow us at Roughnecks Podcast and Twitter at Roughnecks Pod C1. We are also on Facebook at Roughnecks Podcast. Be sure to grab the bull by the horns, but let's get into this week's episode. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to yet another episode of the Roughnecks Podcast. This is episode 33. We are on to the month of May. I asked all of you listeners on social media what you thought I should do about the first episode of every month. From January to April, I was doing solo episodes and introducing the topic that we had. You guys said I should start doing some bonus episodes with some special guests, and I couldn't agree more. We will dive into our topic next week, but I have a very special guest with me this week. Super happy to welcome to the show the Director of Marketing for EE Apparel. Welcome, Hayden, to the Roughnecks Podcast. What's up, man? Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm excited to be on and uh and share whatever knowledge that I've lucked into over the past however many years that I've been doing this uh, with your listeners. For my listeners who unfortunately don't know who you are, give them a little background about who you are to kick off this episode. Yeah, man. My name is Hayden and I live in Austin, Texas area. We are right north of Austin and Georgetown and I'm the director of marketing for Ye Apparel. Um, Ye Apparel is a patriotic outdoor uh, faith-based brand created by Granger Smith, aka Earl Dibbles Jr., um, country music singer. So kind of started as a as a funny saying that was in a YouTube video that went viral. And that that was almost 10 years ago. I guess it, we just hit 10 years recently of that first video going viral. So now here we are. We've got um, a full warehouse with a full-time staff now of a, like six, any full-time probably six to seven, anywhere from I mean, three to sometimes 20 shippers at any point. So it's a lot of apparel. It's a little bit of, of different stuff. Um, we do apparel, but we also are like a lifestyle brand. So we're trying to sell sell people on something much more than just a t-shirt and, and what we're building here. Um, and and it, it's a little bit of hunting. It's a little bit of fishing. It's a little bit of cracking beers with buddies after a hard week at work. And, and it kind of encompasses all of that. So my past is from the music industry before this, and that's kind of what brought me here. This job's a little bit different because I'm working for a music artist, but it tends to be a little bit more e-commerce and obviously marketing since that's what I do. But I still get to do a little bit of Granger's marketing um, for like mainly for touring. And then we he re- recently released an album. So I got to do a lot of cool stuff on that album release that I've never gotten to do before. So I'm kind of getting like the best of both worlds over here. So I couldn't be more happy and Ye Apparel is really is really blowing up. So it's been cool to to see the growth over the last couple of years and be a part of something that's growing exponentially, but that is still so early on. Like I, we feel like we've barely scratched the surface and maybe not even scratched the surface of, of what we're going to accomplish. So it's cool to be a part of that at the foundation um, and be able to make decisions and be in the room whenever we're talking 
about some of these about some of these deals that we're working on or, or anything like that. I came from I came from small companies where maybe the the how do I say this the the employee input wasn't always valued as much. So it's super cool to be here and just have all the opportunity to voice your opinion and um, we do that often, but it's it's cool. So a long-winded way to say that, um, yeah, that's kind of who I am and, and what what I do over here at EE Apparel. Yeah, it's kind of cool because you talked about how it's grown and as like a fan and somebody who buys EE Apparel and like does like knows, like kind of follows it with the Smiths and everything that you guys, the EE podcast, Granger Smith podcast, you've I've watched it grow over my like time following it. And it's crazy how much it seems like, it, especially in the past, I'd say year or two, is when it's really started to take off and it's really cool to watch as a fan, like from the fan side of it, it's really cool to see. Yeah, man, it's life's all about looking at like the, the, the good with the bad. And whenever COVID hit, there are a lot of artists that sat around and said, well, dang. And I understand that a lot of artists don't have all the things that we have going on, but a lot of artists sat around and felt sorry for themselves. And I know just watching Granger firsthand, he was back to the drawing board and it was like, what, what content can we create? Like, these are the cards that, life has dealt us, what can we do? And then that trickles down to like what we're building here. And then also we've just, Yee Apparel itself has just been lucky to be in the right spot at the right time a little bit with um, e-commerce has blown up since COVID happened and people just for a long time, whenever everything was shut down, we're having to buy online. So um, we reap the benefits of that, of course, but you know, we weren't, it, it was a little bit of luck, but it was also a lot of hard work. And then just being prepared for that opportunity whenever, whenever, you know, <laughs> the pandemic hit. The first thing I want to ask you about is the quail. Cause I've seen people raise a lot of different kinds of animals and I cannot say someone I've like say, I've ever seen someone raise quail and, and like, it's not, trust me, it's better than some of the things that I've watched some of my friends try and raise. Cause between like raccoons and baby deer. And I, I got a lot of people that try and raise some weird stuff, but where did that idea come from? Like, what made you want to start doing that? Yeah. So, um, so my dad and I started doing quail together kind of like, so we bought a bunch of eggs, uh, fertilized eggs actually from Ohio area and they were mailed down here, dude, it's insane. Like they mailed a bunch of eggs in a box. And I was like, what do we do with this shit? Like, <laughs> do I just put it in the incubator? Like, is there, is there a waiting period? And it was just crazy to me that they're mailing eggs and it was in a little cushiony thing. But so how it started is I have a friend that does this and he makes good money off of it. And um, he's, he is like city turned country. He met a girl in the last like couple years. And this dude, like <laughs> he, <laughs> is he's lived in middle of the city for a while and he's like in his lower thirties and he just met this girl and like something flipped. And now he lives out an hour outside of the town that they're the city that he used to be in. And he's like raising everything under the sun. So he was the one that put me on the quail. So I told my dad about it. I'm like, this is something that may interest me, dude. I shit you not. Like a week later, he says, I ordered us 180 eggs. I'm like, okay, I said it interests me. I didn't say I want to do it. And so it was kind of baptism by fire. Like uh, all of a sudden we had eggs. And so I ordered the stuff for it and I read a, I read a lot. And um, there is a YouTuber that was actually out at, at uh, EE Day with us. His name, their, their, their YouTube channel is uh, Dutch Family Farms, I think is what it is. And I 
unknowingly watched so many of his videos like all the time just learning more because he's big on quail and then it was cool because granger got hooked up with him so he ended up getting to meet him and yeah i just watched a lot of youtube videos and it's definitely something different i've got about i've got about like 60 i actually sold uh, i actually sold some quail this past weekend but i've got about 60 birds and it's really fun to learn how to do something. I didn't really grow up in like FFA or I didn't, I mean, I had dogs all growing up and I think it's important for a kid to like learn how to nurture an animal and raise them. Um, but I didn't really learn like with livestock or anything like that. So it's kind of my chance to do that. And it's been really exciting and really fulfilling. I want to get to a point where I, I really don't want to buy meat from the, from the supermarket or the grocery store. Like it's definitely a long-term type thing, but I want to get to the point one time where I'm like fully sustainable. So I've been eating quail and it's the, the meat is great. Like it's, it's awesome. And it's super fulfilling to like, it kind of sucks to like raise something and then have to kill it a little, a few months later, but they're getting like the best life and that during that time. And it's a lot better than what Tyson is doing to their chicken exactly. or you know whatever. So a lot of people think I'm raising them for hunting. A lot of people think I'm raising them for hunting and I'm not. They're, uh, they're Caternics, so they don't really fly that well. I think Bob Whites are typically used for hunting more, but, um, yeah, man, it's been awesome. And I just had a couple chicks born three days ago. So they're like at the really, really cute phase. Um, it sucks because they have to have heat on them at like all times. And if they put their head down wrong, they'll like freeze to death so it's kind of it's kind of frustrating but it's fun to like learn like what i'm what i did wrong on this batch or what i did right and then try to improve i kind of love the home i'm not as much as like granger homesteading but i really do love the idea of that and i want to get to a point one day where i'm doing more of it so caternix quail has been a good start for me they have some really cool eggs too like i've seen some of the pictures and stuff that you've posted of them and they're they're like they're super cool looking that and it's really cool to see yeah and a fun fact is that a quail will lay the same pattern for its entire life. So a female quail, if, I mean, and I've, and I've seen like, they look a little bit different, but if there's a big blob that's shaped a certain way on this egg, it's going to be somewhat similar on the next. So that's been kind of cool. Like I can even, I don't always know which female is laying them, but I know that this, one of the females in here laid three eggs over three days or you know whatever so that's been kind of cool too that's a little fun fact that i did not know a few months ago so you guys recently did yee day out at the farm and where there's a lot of awesome people i think you made a lot of people from the outside looking in very jealous because that looked like an awesome event tell us kind of exactly what i know you've done this on your podcast and you guys have talked probably a ton about it but tell us exactly what yee day what yee day was for and like why you guys do it yeah so we had the idea i guess it was last year it was kind of by luck. I remember talking to Tyler and Tyler was like, and Tyler's the middle brother of the Smiths and he's Granger's manager. And he was like, look up when he was incorporated, like whenever we got incorporated. And it was like perfect timing because it ended up being about a month away from date. It was like mid-March and Yi Day is, I think the 17th. It, it differs. We always do the launch on a Friday. Um, but we looked it up and we were like, oh man, we should do like a, a little mini launch. And it was actually our first time to do a launch that, which is kind of our whole business is these hyped up launches. And so last year we did it with just apparel and it crushed. We sold so much. Um, people love our brand. And so they really feel like it's cool to celebrate and they feel buy-in with that. So then this year we wanted next level and we've done something similar to this out at the EE farm 
with uh, Granger's Holler music video. And so it was kind of a party that we just film and get great shots of. And so that was kind of the, the idea with this. And we did do a music video for this, for Yee Day this year. It was not in the plans at all. And then like three days out, we said, hey, why don't we just do this? And Granger's got a, Paul is his videographer and Paul can, is a little bit of everything. He can do it all. So Paul was like, I'm down, like, let's do a music video. So we ended up shooting a music video for it, which was really cool. And we didn't tell anyone that. So it was a cool surprise whenever they got there. But man, it was, it was awesome. It was like a day of just imagine like all the countryest things that you can do. And that's what it was. It was mudding. It was shooting. It was fishing. It's funny because the fishing, we actually had to like have a tank come in and this guy, like this, this guy that stocks tanks just dropped off some catfish and uh, because our, our tanks right now are dry. So which we're working on, but it was really funny that we were doing that. And he was like, man, I've never done this for adults. Like usually this is at carnivals <laughs> for kids. He's like, this is the first adults I've ever done. But like Hannah Barron, who is just the most legendary, like just fisher, fisherman at all, like noodler of all time. She, uh, she jumped in there and was catching some stuff. And so we invited influencers um, and some and different friends. And then we did a few like radio giveaways that we worked with some different radio stations. And so we did, we did have some people out. We had one of our, we did a fan of the year contest like two years ago and then COVID hit, we weren't able to have them out. So her name's Sarah and she's been like one of our day one fans. And so she came out her and her husband and they had just a blast and it was cool. So the goal with that was like our foundation for Yee day. And I think that we want, we've all kind of decided that we want to continue doing it. And eventually probably next year, there will be some type of fan component. And we don't know what that is yet. Like, how can we get people out here to experience this? Because it's a really fine line because it's, this is our place of business. And like we ship, we fulfill every order right here. So we're still doing stuff, but then also like this, there's like this magic to the farm and we're, we're aware of that. And so we want to share that in some, in some way that we can, you know, keep it somewhere in the middle and not deal with, you know, people trying to show up and get in and all kinds of stuff. So there'll be something next year. We're just not sure. It's kind of one of those events that it's so large and it's going to get so big that you get done with it. And it seems like in two months, you're kind of back to the drawing board and thinking of different ideas. We had a great call afterwards of different things that we can do for next year while everything was still fresh on our mind. And so some of the notes were awesome. Like next year is going to be dope. I can't wait for it. That's what I was going to ask. I was going to ask how much planning goes into Cause you got, I mean, that's a ton of different stuff that's going on. So like what you've already started planning for next year. So like how much planning does go on for this type of event? Man, it's all the stuff that you don't think of. We are very lucky. So I, I have an event background and I worked in an event company. That's how I came up. It was, it was in music, but that's, that is my background, but I didn't even really do much for Yee Day. We used Chris Lee, who is Granger's tour manager, who is just the best at that. He's been with Granger forever. So he was awesome. Like he's one of those guys that you just give it to him and you can just, you give him a task and you can just kind of know that it's going to get done for the most part. And so he was great to have on. So yeah, a lot of planning goes in and there's a lot of stuff that always like shit comes up. It always happens, but we're kind of made for that because like, that's what they do out on the road all the time, every day. And like shows there's something new, every show that comes up. And so not everything's perfect. It may look like it to the person, uh, to the person attending the concert, but they don't know like 
the shit storm that's going on mm-hmm. backstage. So we're kind of built for that. And the more that we do, the more issues that we'll have. And yeah, like we're already starting to have ideas. Um, next year, I think we're going to transition like to just an entire paintball course. Like have, you can hire people to come in and drop all kinds of stuff. And it's like, man, instead of doing the range where it's like, it can be dangerous. And then also it's like one person shooting at a time. Let's just do a paintball course. That's massive and everyone can play, you know, and the content from that will be hilarious. Like, can you imagine Granger just nailing (laughs) Dale Brisby, you know, in the back of the head with a, with a paintball gun? Like that'd be so funny. So I think that's the, it'll evolve every year, but that's kind of where we're looking towards next year. It, it definitely looks like I, uh, it, what you guys already have going on, it looks like it's a blast. You had a paintball course and then you got a bunch of grownups acting like kids and it's going to be even better, but without a yeah, doubt. Yeah. And these, and these, oh, and these creators, no, I was just gonna say these creators, like you worry about, man, are they, are they going to be bored or whatever? But like they're, they're content creators. Like you will look over and there's like four or five guys doing a TikTok that you're like, oh, they ne- they didn't come together. Like they they just met. And it's cool. That's like, that's what we want to do with this is we want to celebrate Yee Day. But we also want to invite all these people in our realm and be like the vehicle for them to meet each other. It's like, hey, y'all meet here. Like let, let us provide that for you and make those lasting relationships because it's it's all about long-term growth for, for us and, and connecting with people over the long-term. Well, too, from like a business standpoint, that's just like, it, they're going to make videos, especially they're content creators. They're going to make those videos while they're at the farm. And that's just almost free marketing for you. Like they're going to be talking about it. Like what was it? The Hannah, she didn't she make a whole video about the day and post it on her YouTube channel. So like, it's just marketing for you, more marketing for you guys. Yeah. And a lot of people like look at that as man, they're in the same realm. Like they could be taking my customers, like whatever. I mean, we've, we've, we've dealt with it before. Like we've tried to collaborate with different people or we've tried to like even meet up with someone or whatever. And it, it seems like a lot of people are standoffish and like Parker and I both agree. And we always have that like, what is that? What is it? You catch more, you catch more flies with honey type that, that, that saying it's so true. Like just be a good person. And like, we, there was someone at Yee day that was asking us all kinds of asking me personally, all kinds of questions about e-commerce and what they, they were blissfully ignorant. And I love that. But what they didn't know is like, if they would have asked a lot of people this in a, in a brand that um, has built up on e-commerce and is doing like the orders that we're doing, a lot of people would say, man, I'm not kid. I'm not going to tell you, like, I'm not helping you out. Cause I had people tell me that like early on, I still had people tell me that that are bigger than ye. And like, you remember that shit, dude. Like you remember that you remember exactly what they said. You remember who told you you couldn't, you remember who didn't respond to your emails. You remember who unfollowed you. Like it's so petty, but you remember that. And it's, it's one of those things. Like I don't, I don't base anything off of it, but it's always in the back of my head. And like, I keep receipts, like I keep receipts on all that. Like one day we're going to be at the top and like, I'm going to be remembering all of that. And I just think it's so important to get to the top of the water tower and throw a ladder down, you know, throw a ladder down to all of your, to everyone that's helped you out. Or, I mean, there's some of these kids, kids, I mean, they're, they're 18, 19, whatever, but I mean, they are like, it's so easy to brush off someone that's on TikTok, but dude, they're like doing meetups with thousands of people showing up. Like they're, they're selling more meetup tickets than a lot of people sell concerts. And it's like, dude, that's insane. Like they're creating something. And so like, those are people that I want to be a part of our brand. Like, how can we help? How can we help you? How can we, how can you help me? But 
where can I provide value for you? Because I always want to be providing value, whether it's through e-commerce, whether it's through mentorship, like whatever. And I think a lot of people get lost in that, but it's super important. It's funny that you said something about people brushing off TikTokers because I look, we just had a, I'm taking an international business class right now. And we just had a lawyer come and speak to our class. And somebody, I think our professor asked a question, like, would you have any advice to anybody who's like trying to become a lawyer? And she goes, I don't know. I'd probably tell you to go become a TikToker instead, because like it's, you can almost make more money sometimes doing stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely, man. So I definitely have to talk about the next thing. And it's a recent announcement you guys made. Ye uh, will now be on the number 19 car of Brandon Jones, who is an Xfinity series racer, correct? Correct. I mean, this is just insane. Like I just listened to your guys' latest episode of the podcast and I like what Parker said too, about people complaining that it's on a Toyota car. I think like you put EE on it and that just, it makes it country. It just, it has to. And it's kind of cool too, to see, like you said, you guys are a smaller company with like what, six, seven full-time employees and you guys are on a freaking race car. Like that, that's not something that's easy to be done. How long was a of this was this process to get that all set up? Yeah, we're super excited to be partnering with Brandon on this car and and to I'm a sports fan and so like I've always wanted to integrate E like eventually into sports what whatever that was and I didn't think it'd be NASCAR because I did not know a ton about NASCAR a few months ago but I tell you like I have gone all in on this sport and it's so much fun to watch. Um, we've been getting all in and I've been reading on rules and like every race I'm watching something and looking it up like, okay, wait, what, it, what, what did that mean? And so I'm pretty, I'm pretty good now. Like I know quite a bit after, you know, five or six races this year. Um, yeah, man, we're super excited. It, it happened, it went down kind of funny. So we've had, let me say that we've had opportunities for NASCAR before. And it was always one of two things. It was someone that we necessarily didn't think fit our brand or that straight up like did not have a chance to be on victory road, like to be completely honest, or um, it was like a right back panel. And it's like, man, I said, I said from day one, like I want someone that we totally think is going to win this damn race. And I want the whole damn car. Like we, we got to get the, it's got to be the E car. I don't want a back right panel. And like, yeah, maybe that'd be great on like, you know, a Denny Hamlin car or someone massive, but like, if we're, if we're going to be going Xfinity first and like, we're going to be growing with, with a driver, like as they, as they progress in their career, we want to be there. Like I want it to be the car. And so uh, Brandon reached out to us on Instagram and we get, we get those every once in a while. And so Brandon reached out and he just said he'd be interested um, in us doing something with a car or like whatever. So, and you know what, he could have reached out to 50 companies that he loved. I don't know, but it fit. Like I remember looking him up in the, our system and I was like, he's ordered four times from us. So this isn't just some blind thing. Like he's ordered from us four times and never asked for a discount. Like never asked for free stuff, which mm-hmm. athletes and <laughs> famous people do all the time. And our and non-famous people. Um, yeah. Yeah. And non-famous <laughs> people. Um, but yeah, so it was, it was a great fit. And so we got, we immediately got connected his manager slash agent, um, whatever that, however that works. And, and he immediately like understood the value that we can bring because yeah, you can go after Lowe's or, you know, whatever massive company that's been in NASCAR forever and get all the money in the world. And that's not us. Like what we're able to give you is social presence and we're going to block, like we may not have all the money that these mega corporations, these fortune 500 companies have, but 
we are going to blast this to all of our followers. And we have such a dedicated following that is like cultish that whenever you, whenever you're driving the e-car, like you're going to have an, an entire army rooting for you. And so the amount of times I've seen people say one of two things, they say, I don't even watch NASCAR, but now I do. Or um, I just found my new favorite NASCAR driver. Like maybe they're a, I mean, I know someone that is a diehard Kevin Harvick fan and Kevin Harvick's getting towards the end of his career. And so she was like, man, I was looking for someone to support. So I guess it's gotta be Brandon. Like, that's really cool that we provide that for him because like he, he came here in the podcast and then we went out to eat after and like we shut down the restaurant and just hung out and him and his girlfriend are just like salt of the earth people, great people. Like he's just a good guy. He embodies everything that our company stands for. So it couldn't be like more of a perfect fit. It's perfect. It's funny because I, I can't tell you the last time I watched any type of NASCAR race but like when I was listening to the, like when the announcement was made, I was like, well, maybe I'll, I'll watch a couple of races. Like, and it, that it's like you said, you have that such a dedicated following. You guys have built such a following that is like you said, cultish. And I've literally used that with my friends. Like when I, some people that don't know what EE is will ask me and I'm like, and they're like, why are you so invested? I'm like, you get, once you get into EE and like truly get into it, like you don't stop. It becomes like your cult and it's, but it, dude, the race car, that's freaking awesome. Like it's, it's really cool to see because just from a small company standpoint, it's like smaller and growing. It's cool to see like a massive step like this. Um, but I mean, this was one of your goals you said that you had originally. Do you have any other goals of yours that you can disclose? I should say. That's a good question. So um, this is my only goal that has been crossed off so far personally. And let me also say that whenever I was hired, coming up on three years ago, our company was very, very different than what it looks like now. And in three years, it'll probably be immensely different. So a lot of, a lot of the goals that I, that I can't talk about are more like numbers mm -hmm. and, and orders and certain stuff like that. We just, some, some companies share that we decide, you know, not to, for the most part, but, um, the other one is something that I'm really passionate about is food and like culture and learning different people's culture and how, they interact with food and different things like that. Anytime I travel, I'm always trying to try the, uh, like all the stuff that they have there, whatever is, is popular. Sometimes usually at the most rundown looking shop in that city, town, country, whatever. So that's usually what I'm going after. So something that like I, I would really like to do, and I don't even know if it's me myself, um, maybe someone else that is more of a personality, but I love to have like a, a catch or a kill, what is it? Kill, clean, catch or catch, clean, kill, whatever type of YouTube show, like similar to, you know, like a meat eater, what they've done. Of course, they've blown up, but I just really, I think it'd be really cool to do that, but really focus on the recipes. And I've been like lucky enough to have so many good, different wild game cooked so well um, in my experience and growing up. And so I think it'd be really cool to start some type of video series like that. So maybe like eight episodes and it's, and it's about, 30 minutes long and it's, it's going out on this hunt and, you know, you, you harvest an animal and then, then the main focus of it would be cooking it. And cause that's really important. I mean, hunters, as you know, like are hunting is so big, but then like, I know so many hunters that they care way more about how they cook the animal and a different <laughs> recipe and learning more. And so like, that's, that's kind of me. Like I love hunting and I, I like fishing. That's mainly my thing more than hunting, but I, I, I geek out more over that. 
I didn't grow up in a family like that. Like we, we didn't really, I mean, I've always heard you, um, you eat to live or you live to eat. And now later in my life, I live to eat, but I kind of just used to eat to live. And so like, if we ever killed dove, it was like, just throw the dove in some bacon poppers and that's good. And that's amazing. Do not get me wrong. <laughs> but now like last season I started, I started cooking dove different ways and um, like looking up different recipes and I've learned a lot more. And so it's, it's fun to just like try and experiment with different stuff. So I'd love to have like a YouTube series of that one day as YouTube, as, as ye grows our content and our, our content focus. See, you talked a little bit about the hunter, like people, that almost knock hunting and don't agree with hunting. I sometimes I like they're like, oh, how can you shoot a deer? How can you do that? And I'm like, I don't think you understand. I think we appreciate the animals more than you do. Like there's an appreciation as a hunter with the animals. And like you said, like with how you cook it, like it has you wanted you're honoring that animal in a way. So that's why sometimes when people get on me about hunting, I'm like, mm, I just that's without trying to be controversial here to anybody who's listening that I might have controversy with it. But it's still like there is an appreciation behind that animal when we kill it. Yeah, I've always noticed that it's it sucks because it's there's there's people out there that give hunters a bad rep for sure. And typically those aren't the people that those are the people that make headlines. You're like, doesn't that suck how that works? But yeah, man, I mean, like also not to not to mention the fact that we need more depending on where you're at in the country, most places in the country, like whitetail, for example, we need more people hunting whitetail because we have a population issue. And if no one's hunting whitetail, like if everyone if hunting whitetail was made illegal right now and for the next five years we didn't hunt whitetail like we'd have a huge overpopulation issue and i've watched a lot of stuff on this like one part of the food chain getting screwed up just goes down to the next one and the next one and the next one and then it's 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 a shit show so you have to have hunting and um i think that in texas i don't know about up there but like in texas the thing that's tough sometimes about hunting is we don't have a lot of public land so like whenever i was i went on a fishing trip and i was hanging out with all my buddies and I didn't get a deer this year and I was, I, we were really busy and I just, I excuses, but I didn't get it. I didn't really get it, even get a chance to go out. And all my buddies were like, Oh yeah, I got three deer this year. And, um, they were talking about that and they're like, Oh yeah, it's, it's a lot more public land up here. And they were in Minnesota, Wisconsin and Iowa. Um, whereas down here, man, it's like, it's super, everything's private, which kind of just sucks about Texas. Um, and there's, there's not, not all of it's private, but a vast majority and the stuff that's not private is like the Rio Grande and on the border of Mexico where there's not a ton of whitetail like there's some but also like terrible hunting experience because you're hiking all the time so yeah I don't know I I think that that that's what kind of sucks here a lot of people that want to hunt can't necessarily um, at least in Texas with all the private land it's uh, speaking on that population thing it's funny that you say that because there's a little city it's sort of a city right near me it's granville and you never used to be able to hunt inside city limits but then it became so overpopulated that they started allowing archery season and that's into city limits because like it was so bad that they didn't have a choice like they had deer walking on the street and stuff like it's like down in the like the middle of the uh, town it's like they had to do something so they started allowing people they were i think they at one point it was so bad they were paying people to come in and hunt wow it within city limits that's crazy yeah. I mean, it, they weren't doing gun, obviously, but they, they allowed any like bows. And, yeah. uh, like, so it was, but it was, just, it's just crazy to see like what happens if you don't hunt and you don't have that, like people are like, oh yeah, it's good. Not necessarily. 
it, like you said, it trickles down through everything. Right, exactly. But you're a little bit of a podcaster yourself uh, with being uh, one of the voices that you regular he, regularly hear on the EE podcast. Where did that idea come from to start? Because you guys just recently started it uh, this year, I believe. And especially since like you guys already have like, I mean, there's the Granger Smith podcast. So why did you guys start the EE podcast? Yeah, great question. I think that a lot of brands like do not focus on content enough. And a lot of our, a lot of our outlook for the future is like, like if you go to our Instagram right now, we've got a ton of followers and a ton of content that we're pushing out all the time. However, a lot of it is like meme format and it's finding funny videos and stuff like that. And so the overall goal has always been to like start introducing more content that is based here and happening here. And you can only do so much with a couple employees, but we're growing. And when we've hired two full-time employees or three full-time employees in the last six months and the next six months on the other side of that, there'll probably be some more. So that's always been kind of the focus. And I think that people buy from people, not from brands. And so they want to know that there's a person on the other end. Um, like Parker's TikTok has been, I don't know if like, Parker, who is the CEO of Ye Apparel, like his TikTok is blown up. And I'm, I run all the email marketing and I cannot tell you the amount of times that one of these automated emails will go out to someone after they purchase and they say something, they respond because we always encourage people to respond. We read everything and they'll say something along the lines of, I found you guys from Parker's, you know, TikTok. <laughs> and so just trying to humanize the brand, I think, and he's done a good job of that. And I'm always trying to do a great job of it as well. Like, the reality is, is that like Granger will not sing forever. Um, he'll probably play sh play shows for a very, very long time. But the the focus has always been it's like, hey, let's grow like this brand that we're doing here. And and um, like we always want Granger to be at the forefront of that. And but we also want to bring up other people as well. Like everyone should have their own personal brand. So that's kind of where that started. And I think that um, just like the like it's our podcast was started to literally just have fun. Like I know that everyone started a podcast during the pandemic, but it was kind of that thing. It's like, let's just do this to have fun and just hang out and we'll have guests on every once in a while. If we don't get a guest, like who cares? Like, let's just do whatever and not take ourselves too seriously. And also just giving people like an in-depth look. It's funny. We had an episode the other day where we were like, Oh man, people are going to, people are going to see our true sides to this. And like, they're going to, they're going to, make fun of us for our answers or something but that's like truly who we are and it's fun we just got done doing doing an episode and um it's great i've learned so much for me personally i've learned so much from podcasts and it's really how i learn personally and i'm probably listening to eight plus hour eight to ten hours a week of podcasts and so it's cool to be able to provide that for some other people and say something that you didn't even think much of but then you see a comment from someone and they're like, man, that really hit me. Like, that was awesome that you said that. I've never thought about it that way. It's cool to provide that. Um, Cause we don't like, we don't really know what we're doing here. We're just still <laughs> building a brand and just learning, learning every day, but it's cool to just provide that for people. And then just another way to connect, I think. So we're really early on on the podcast. And it was funny because I got a, I got a comment this morning that said, um, <laughs> Hayden's so good at conversation, he makes it flow. And then I, my friend said something, who's a podcaster and has been podcasting for a while, said something like, you're not a real podcaster until someone says that your voice is annoying because <laughs> she always gets that. 
I was like, that's true. That's true. As soon as someone says that my voice is annoying, that's whenever I'll know I'm a real podcaster. So not a real podcaster yet, but as soon as someone says that, I will be. I'll be a pro. <laughs> well, like the thing is, like as a podcast, you never, no one ever knows what they're doing when they first start a podcast. And like some people who even have a hundred no. episodes still don't even know what they're doing. Like I heard something too, like uh, I think it was Andy Frasilla. He was like, I won't even get on an episode until they have like at least a hundred episodes because there's, I mean, everybody has podcast burnout. Like I've gone through it where I just like, man, I don't want to do an episode this week. I don't, I just, I want to, I don't, but then you realize the consistency is a big thing, but it's cool that you guys have that podcast because you guys have also the good mixture of like fun and like learning at all, all in one. And like you said, people buy from people, not a brand, and they get to know you. They get to know the insides of the business and like who's who they're buying from. And it makes you want to, it can makes as a customer, it makes you connect to them more. Yeah. I mean, think about all the podcasts you've ever listened to. Like you probably didn't start day one, you know, you were probably somewhere. Yeah. I mean, probably around a hundred or, or after and podcasts are tough. And that's why podcast burnout happens is because it's like, like the, the best to do is once a week or, or more. Um, if you're getting enough listeners and it's tough to like do that. Like we, we actually stopped for a little while because our videographer hadn't moved down here yet and it was tough to do stuff without him. And so now we're a couple episodes and we're working ahead. We're working like two, three weeks in advance, which is, I think is key, like being able to do that. But yeah, man, it's, it's tough. And the thing about podcast too, is it's similar to YouTube as in, whereas like, it's tough. It's a long time until you make money off of it. Like, and you should, if you start a podcast to make money, like you're already doomed, you know, it's a great thing eventually. And, and to push for is to get, you know, monetized and be making some money on ads or whatever. But like, man, if you're, if that's what you're starting, you're in for a long, long, tough road because it, we, I mean, we're not making obviously any money on ours and it's crazy how long it takes to get views. Like it, it's crazy. And that's why it goes back to like creating a relationship with, with your listeners. Like if you're getting a hundred listens, every listen matters. If you're getting even 10,000 listens, every listen matters. Like all those are so important. Not until you're getting like really, really up there is, is, you know, is it like, okay, well this, this episode only got a hundred thousand plays or whatever. <laughs> like every listen is important to us. So, so it's important to also just like have it not like, it's just, it's a fun thing. It's supplemental, but it it's, it's, we need to do it every week, but it's not one of those things that we need to like lose sleep over it's just mm -hmm. fun it's a way for us to connect the questions are great for that it's like you know you get to you get to experience questions so yeah i love it it's it's always something i've wanted to do but um we'll see how it goes and and we'll see i mean we're on 100 episodes is what andy said i think so that's what he said yeah golly that's a lot of freaking episodes yeah we're yeah. on seven or we just did eight <laughs> <laughs> this is only my 33rd that's so insane. i'm not how that many far? have you done this is my 33rd, 33rd? Okay. yeah. And you're, have you always been doing once a week? Yeah, since I started, yes. Like, are I, you 33 weeks in? Yeah. Okay. The thing is, too, this is not my first episode. I've talked about this a few episodes before, but, like, this is – or not my first podcast. This is my second attempt at a podcast, and that's what a lot of times, too, people they're, – they're, they experience that podcast burnout, and they're like, oh, I'll start another one. But, like, usually, too, like, that first podcast, it won't always work. Like – Cause you're going to have like, you're not going to get the listeners. And I think people almost give up too early sometimes too. But like I, I had a podcast and I was getting like 13 views every episode. And I was like, all right, like it was just bad. It was all bad. But then I like learned a lot from that podcast of what not to do and what works and what doesn't work. 
think about it too. You have to be, I don't know about you, but for me, I have to be really bought in to a brand or a creator or whoever to listen to their podcast. Like I'll watch anybody's like Instagram video. I'll follow anybody, but like to literally just sit down for an hour of your drive or an hour of whatever and watch a YouTube series or, or, or yeah, I mean, or, or a podcast. That's why it's always been really impressive. Like we've got a lot of friends that in the YouTube world that are getting stupid amounts of views. And it's like, it'll just be something outlandish like that they're doing in the video. It's like, how many blah, blah, blah. Can I shoot with this gun? Which is always, it's cool. But what's always been impressive to me is that like Granger can literally do a family vlog or at least two episodes a week. And sometimes like the episodes are just like, we went to the petting zoo or we, we did this and people care, man. Like they care and they care more than anything. And that like, there's all their influencer gets thrown around all the time. And it's, it's loosely used but like if you can get people to care about a vlog that's the ultimate and youtube is i mean i've always said i'll, I'll take fifty thousand youtube subscribers over a hundred or over a million on instagram all day mm -hmm. give me fifty thousand on youtube more than a million on instagram like because those are dedicated followers they're so much more important they buy from you they listen to you they follow you anyone can follow on instagram I've, i see people all the time get a million Instagram followers. And I'm like, that doesn't mean anything because they're not, how engaged are they? But if you're able to do a vlog and get people engaged with you, that's impressive. Yeah. And I look at somebody too, like whistling diesel, that man just literally just wrecks things and just has a bunch of sweet trucks and whatnot. And he has a, a another huge following gets massive amounts of views and subscribers on YouTube. It's crazy. What but like that type of stuff, it takes a while to build up to that point. Yeah. And what I always think about with that and not, I mean, they were, they were, I wasn't there for that video shoot, but they were great. And everybody from our team still talks about them. But what I always think about is what next, like, it's always got to be something next, something bigger, something bad or something more dangerous. And it's like, man, we're just over here. Like I can't speak for Granger, but he's just over here doing his family vlog and finding so much fulfillment in it. And we're over here doing our podcast and finding so much fulfillment in it. And we're not doing anything that's crazy dangerous <laughs> or like shooting something wild or like blowing up a truck or whatever. Like, so I don't know. I mean, it works. And like, I mean, someone like that has stupid following and his, his, his YouTuber, his YouTube subscribers like whistling diesels, they definitely translate to purchasers, but it's just, I always think about that. It's like, there's always gotta be something bigger, something better. And someone like whistling diesel, he's always going to find the bigger, better, crazier <laughs> thing. Don't get me wrong. He will. <laughs> But it's like that build is going to take, he's going to get to, he's going to one day get to a point where his, a build for, a, it's got to be so crazy that for a truck is going to take, you know, over a year and that's working on it every day. So it's nice to sometimes just be able to do the simple feel good stuff. And people, people find a lot of value in that too. So I want to talk a little bit about social media because you guys have like, if you've that social media has grown, you guys are pushing a lot of content. I mean, even your dog Cooper has more followers than my podcast on Instagram, but uh, I want to ask like, where the hell some of the ideas for these memes or these videos come from? Like, do people send this stuff to you and like, or is it stuff that you guys find or is it a combination of both? Yeah. Good question. I think that um, there's some brands like Barstool that do something similar to what we do with like content and scraping the internet. And I think that a brand like that, does look around a lot but i also think that they have a lot of people send them stuff in man we rarely get like submissions that are worthy of posting and that's not like a knock on the submissions that we get we don't really 
we don't really put it out there. Like we don't have a link on our website to s- submit anything. It's kind of crazy. Cause it's, it's like, that's what you do first whenever you start at e apparel. So Parker did all content for the longest time. And then whenever I came in two and a half, almost three years ago, that's what I did. And so then we recently just hired, uh, his name's Ben and he's from Boston and he interned for us for a little bit. And then he came on and he just moved down here like a month ago. And so that's what he's doing and he's been great at it. And it really like, it sounds so dumb, but it takes like a special skill to learn about our brand and learn about our followers and know them so well and be able to look at a funny video and be like, Hmm. I don't think it's going to do very well. Or I don't think our followers are going to find that funny because I'm not exactly like all of our followers, but I'm able to see, like, I don't think they're going to like that one. I think they are. And I'm still wrong all the time. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) Um, But it takes, it takes a little while to learn that. So yeah, a lot of our stuff, like, I don't know, man, it's everyone tries to like recreate everything and make it big and bad, but you can't recreate the wheel. You know, it's, it's already made. And so we, we look at like what a lot of other companies are doing and we sometimes recreate it and put our spin on it, which is what everybody's done since day one. We do the same thing with content. Like I had a, I had a brand the other day reach out and they're like, you stole my meme. I was like, well, you stole that meme from someone else because I looked at the timestamps and I know that y'all, y'all posted it after them. So it's so funny how that works. Like, uh, we do, we do make a lot of content ourselves, of course, but then, I mean, stuff circulates. I, I listen to, um, there's a, you know, do you know who fat Jewish is? He has the Instagram account. That's massive. Uh, I don't know if I've heard of him. He was one of the first like OG memers and he created like a wine brand off of his, off of his Instagram, like meme account and all this different stuff. He's, he's really, really cool. I've listened to a lot of his interviews and he talked about one day, like, he was like, of course I steal shit. Like everyone steals shit. He like, he said, I don't, you know, I, a lot of times I put my own spin on stuff, but like, yeah, I do it all the time. So we don't, we try not to do that. And it's, it's funny too. Cause the process a lot of times looks like, like find a funny meme format that's going around and is really popular. And then, okay, what are the things that work with our brand? Like dip, crack and cold ones, country music, trucks, you know, those types of things, hunting, fishing. And so it's like, how can we incorporate one of those? And so there's the classic, like when you crack too many cold ones or whenever you do this or whatever, but like Ben's getting really good at like learning different ones. And it took me a while. And, you know, Parker's like the OG, he's been doing it forever. So he doesn't do much content anymore, but he'll still like rattle off a really good caption and a really good meme every once in a while. But yeah, man, it's a process. Like it really is. I mean, it's, crazy like i don't i wouldn't say i'm a professional memer by any <laughs> by any stance and my, i definitely wouldn't say that to my parents because they would <laughs> feel like that is a total waste of my degree uh, but yeah there's really an art to it and like you learn more about your fan base as time goes by and it's fun it's fun like and it's it's a very quick way not quick but it's a good way to grow an account with with lots of followers and our memes have been like the top of our funnel like that's how a lot of people find out about our brand and they see it they're like oh that's funny and they like our they like a meme and then they're in our marketing funnel and they're getting targeted with different ads and stuff like that so like yeah i mean there's there is a method to the madness like our memes literally create all-time customers you know it's it's crazy how that works well, too, like, I know me personally, like, I'll see it. And like, if I find it funny and stuff, like people post that on their story, or they'll send it to a friend. And then it's just expanding. It's the word of mouth that is just expanding your brand. 
Yeah, and we look at all those analytics, man. Like you can look at all those analytics mm-hmm. and the main fat Jewish, the, that guy that I was talking about, he said this too. He said the, the only analytic that I look at for content is how many friends did they send this to? If people are tagging their friends in this meme or this post and they're sending it to them, that's good. Like the what you, you should go off of one benchmark. Do people want to share it with the people that are important to them? If they want to share it, that's a good meme. You know, that's a good piece of content. And that made me think differently ever since I heard that. Okay, but now the DMs for uh, Yi Apparel, because you've talked about it, you've posted some of them that where people DM you and asking for free stuff. And I love some of your responses where you're like, just give them the site. And they, yeah, you can go over to the site and order it and we'll ship it straight to you. Or I like the, you posted the one recently that said, are you kidding me, Blake? When he was asking for free tires, which I don't know why that just blows my mind. Like some of the people that, what, what they asked for, but what would you say is the funniest DM that you've ever received or the dumbest, or are they the same? Wow. I have received nudes before. Oh my God. Multiple times. That's probably the, that's probably the worst. Yeah. You weren't expecting that. That's probably the worst thing I think I've ever received. We get like the, can I get some free merch all the time? But that one was one that I was like, huh. And it's happened since, but that very first time it was, it was uh, a little scary to open that up. So yeah, that's the, probably the, the craziest thing that I've ever received. That's uh, not at all what I was expecting. Oh, <laughs> um, no, it never is. Yeah. That's oh Wow. I hope to God, honestly, that I never have to experience anything like that. Oh, sorry. I was just gonna say, we actually made a video. We made a video that we never showed of showing different people in the warehouse and just filming their reactions. And we'll probably post it one day. There's some hilarious reactions because no one has any idea what it is. And then all of a sudden they just see the picture. Um, (laughs) So we may post that one day. I need, I need, I kind of forgot all about it actually until you said that. So maybe I'll post that this week. What is Sorry your, to cut you off. I just felt like I had five. to share that part. What is your personal favorite form of social media? Because you're a little bit of a TikToker yourself and TikTok's becoming the new big thing. But what is your personal favorite form of social media? Um, my personal. So is the question like my personal as a marketer, like to reach people or what I personally like myself just in my personal life? I was going to ask you both. So give me both answers. Okay. Marketing TikTok. And my personal that I like, man, this is kind of like old of me, but I love Facebook. Like people, people knock on Facebook. Like I still love Facebook. Um, a lot of my friends are off of it, but I don't know. I still, I still like it. I still like the layout. So personal go with Facebook and then TikTok is just making waves right now so much with, with marketing. And I haven't really like embraced it. I embrace it for the brand. Um, I haven't done as much personally, but especially like as Parker has, but it's crazy. Like I've never seen, well, first of all, it's different than the other apps because it's a discovery app. Like Instagram, you're following people. You're not really gonna, you will discover some and Facebook, you know, whatever, but it's not, they're not, they're connection apps. They're not discovery. TikTok is through and through a discovery app. And I think that is why it's been so transformational over the past year and how it's grown. And obviously COVID, you know, a lot of people started downloading it, but man, we've seen, we've seen a lot of new customers, new fans, new followers from TikTok, both with Granger and Ye Apparel. And a lot of them convert into customers. And I hear a lot of brands say, well, they don't convert into customers. They're just followers. They do 
if you nurture them right and you nurture them just how you would any other marketing lead. Like, and the thing is, is like, that's the next generation. Like that's people, people bitch about it. And they're like, TikTokers are just 14 to 18 year olds. Like, okay, who do you think is going to be buying from you over the next 20 years? Like, do you, we're trying to make a company that's going to be around for our kids to take it over. Like, I don't want to do something that whenever I turn 40, I'm going to need a new job. And so how are you reaching that next generation? Like, and also they're going to their parents and asking for whatever for Christmas or their birthday. Like I remember, I remember wanting all kinds of different things as a kid and my parents definitely didn't buy me everything, but they tell me, put it on your Christmas list and we'll see. And like, I, I wished and looked at stuff all the time. So like, I don't buy that. I think that's the easy way out. And I think that's the way out of a lot of marketers that just don't want to embrace a new social and trust me, I, I know like it sucks keeping up with all of them. Sometimes you're like, Oh, I got to make content for this. I got to make content for that. This works on this one. It doesn't work on that one or whatever, but like TikTok, if I was starting all over right now, like that, and I had money and time to put into uh, a social media for a brand, it would be TikTok. A hundred percent. I've just started getting into it and like, it takes some getting used to, but like, I have somebody who makes videos. He graduated from me, uh, my college, where he, he makes videos from Miles Garrett, the Browns defensive end. And he literally told me, nice. he was like, get on TikTok. He's like, it doesn't hurt. He's like, because all it takes is that one video and all of a sudden it gets a little bit of traction and it blows up. And he, to- he told me that's like going to be your best friend. Like get good at content creation for TikTok. Yeah, people are scared to like get a TikTok and start doing brands mainly. They're scared to get a TikTok because they don't want to do it wrong or they don't want to like mess up and it's better than what you're doing right now. Cause you're doing nothing right now. Like get on there, fail. I mean, everything's about failing for a little while and, and we still post stuff that we think is going to hit and it, and it doesn't. And then something blows up and it's like, why did this blow up? No one knows on TikTok. The algorithm's crazy. And that's, what's so cool about it. And so exciting. And like, you may think that you're a little bit behind, but it's still so new. Like it's, we're running ads on it. We just started running ads on it recently, just like we do on Facebook and Instagram. And they are absolutely crushing. It's insane. And early on, whenever we did like six months ago, they didn't crush, they didn't do well. So I think that TikTok is coming around a little bit and they, you know, they have to make money and ads are how they do it. And so it's, it's crazy how it's working. So that's the one that we're really excited about. And I think that it's one of those things. And in a year, you're still going to be early. Like TikTok, TikTok is here to stay. It really is. Like whether you like it or not, it's here to stay. It may look different in five years than it does now, but it's here to stay. Yes, I, I agree. But it wouldn't be a normal Roughnecks episode without the best segment of the podcast. It's time for Motivation Monday. Motivation Monday is where I allow our guest to give our Roughneck listeners a little motivational bump to get their week started as they listen on Monday morning. So what do you have for Motivation Monday, Hayden? I've been rereading um, Deep Work by Cal Newport. And if you've never read that book, it's really great. He talks about, um, I mean, so much of us are like living this distracted life and everything from like work to watching a movie at the end of the day and being on your phone the entire time to not spending time with your kids and being on your phone while you're doing it or not being fully invested. So if anyone has not read that book, like I would definitely put that on the top of your list. And I've been really focusing on deep work and deep work is like putting your phone away, focusing on the moment. And 
blocking off time to do to let your mind like wander so to let your mind to 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 fill that kind of time whether you're on tiktok or instagram or whether you're doing you know something outside shooting hoops i don't know what whatever it is for you but i've been like allowing myself to do that here recently and blocking off time for that and then also blocking off time to do very deep focused work and man i'm telling you like in a matter of a week my my life has just been changed like with a switch and i I read this book a while back but it's a really great reread for me and it's a great read if anyone has gotten around to that so i would just say to be um to be cognizant of the moment you're in and we all feel like that we can multitask but there's been tons of studies done that we actually can't multitask at all even the most talented humans so that's what I'm focusing on this week. And I would challenge uh, listeners to, to do the same and focus on, focus on the task at hand whenever that task at hand is there. And with that, that's a wrap on episode 33 of the Roughnecks podcast. Man, thank you so much, Hayden, for coming on the show. I truly appreciate it. It's, uh, it was an awesome experience to have you on. But Yeah, man, that was fun. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, not a problem, man. I trust me. I, my friends thought I was like a little fangirl when you uh, DM me back and said you were going to come on. I was like, holy shit. And they're like, oh, his dream just came true. He's he's in trouble now. But um, be sure to go check out Yee Apparel and the podcast. You have to follow the social media. There's some quality content. Definitely get a good laugh unless you're a city boy. But uh, be sure to follow Hayden on socials. Where can they follow you on Instagram or Twitter or whatnot? You can go to at Hayden underscore Adcock, A-D-C-O-C-K on Instagram. And then Twitter is Hey Density. So it's Hayden City (laughs) with an S, not city like city boys. (laughs) But thank you for tuning in this week. Be sure to come back next week for another big time guest who is a member of the USA, of Team USA and a captain of the wheelchair rugby team. But for now, you know the deal. Life is hard and will knock you down just like a bull does. Grab the bull by the horns. Take control of your life. Until next week, Roughnecks out. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Roughnecks Podcast. If you like this episode, be sure to rate and review and then subscribe so that you don't miss any of our future episodes. If you'd like to contact me, you can message me on social media at Roughnecks Podcast on Instagram and Twitter at RoughnecksPodC1, or you can shoot me an email at RoughnecksPodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to grab the bull by the horns, but until next week, Roughnecks out. Oh, thank you.